Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Hey, what's up, church? It's the first weekend of June, and we are off and running with our brand new summer series that we're kicking off today, Six Hot Weekends, and it is going to be a great summer here at Celebration. I want to introduce to you our guest speaker for today. He's a dear friend of mine and a dear friend to our church. He's one of our overseers of Celebration. Pastor John Siebling pastors an amazing, thriving church in Memphis, Tennessee. You guys know him. You guys love him. He's going to preach a great message today. I'll be back next weekend. I can't wait to see everyone. But right now, church, come on, let's stand to our feet and let's give the best welcome we can for Pastor John Siebling. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. So good to be here. While you're being seated, give a high five again. Tell somebody I'm glad you're sitting next to me. Welcome to church, everybody. Who's glad to be at the 1130 service today? Come on. Isn't it great to be in church, the house of God? It's so good for me to be here. I always love coming. Uh, to be a part of this church is an honor to be on the, on the team of overseers. I uh, realized last year when I came that I have the distinct honor of being the first guest speaker ever to speak at Celebration Church, which is great. And so I've watched the journey all the way from the country day school or whatever it was when we first started the church 16, 17, 18 years ago. And look what God has done, some amazing things and uh, yeah, great to be a part. I love Pastor Stovall, Pastor Kerry, two of our closest friends. Lesson, I love them so much. And I, I know you know that you are pastored by some great, great people, great team. Not only Pastor Stovall and Kerry, but the whole team here at Celebration Church. Come on, how about if we give it up for our leaders and those that lead the way? Yeah. Never take it for granted, never take it for granted that you're a part of a great church, a healthy church that has a, a vision and is moving forward into something significant. Never take that for granted. There's something powerful about that. Well, if you have your Bibles, grab them, turn over to the book of Malachi. It's the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. I wanna talk for a few minutes today on the subject of you have to pass this test. That's the title of my message, you have to pass this test. You have to pass this test. I have this recurring nightmare some of you will be able to relate to this. I graduated from LSU in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I thought I'd get a, thought I'd get a greater reaction than that. Uh, so um, I did graduate. <laughs> I did graduate, although I wasn't the most studious <laughs> uh, student. And I went to class some of the time. I, I tried to go to class, and I think that's why I have this nightmare. I used to have it all the time. Honest to goodness, don't have it as much anymore. But in this dream, I'm walking into a class at LSU, and everybody is in their notes, you know, cramming as they get ready for a test. And I'm like, what test? I didn't know we were having a test. And then, and then there's one that's similar and it's worse and, it, and, and, and I think this is because of all those classes that I skipped. I show up 
in this nightmare. I show up to class on the final exam and I haven't been to class all semester. Anybody know what I'm talking? Anybody have a dream similar to that? I, f- I see a few hands, yeah. And I-, I wake up in a cold sweat, you know, and I have to remind myself, okay, I, I graduated. All right. I- <laughs> Thank God I can go back to sleep. I graduated. What many believers, what many Christians don't realize is that we take a test as Christians every single time we get paid. Every time we get paid, we take a test. Let me take a little poll. How many of you get paid uh, once a month? Let me see your hands. How many of you get paid once a month? Okay, wow, pretty good bit. How many of you get paid, let's go the opposite. How many of you get paid every week? Every week, wow, a lot of hands, more hands than the first service for every week. Okay, so, so this is usually the majority. How many of you get paid every other week? Mm-hmm, yeah, by far. How many of you just don't get paid ever? You just never. <laughs> that's, an, that's another message, right? That's another sermon. Um, but we do take a test every time we get paid as Christians, and the test really centers around this question, centers around this question. Who do you thank for your income? Who do you thank? Who, who do you worship? Or we could say it this way. Who do you honor for the provision and the income that's coming into your life? See, How you pass this test is determined by what you do with the first 10% of your income. What you do with the first 10% of your income. What is the first thing you do when you get paid? For many people, the first thing they do when they get paid is they pay their mortgage. Other people, the first thing they do when they get paid is they pay their, their visa bill or they put money into their IRA. The, the problem is, the problem is, your mortgage company doesn't have the capacity to bless your life. Visa doesn't have the capacity to bring favor and blessing into your life. The truth is, as Christians, the first thing that we do when we get paid, the first thing that we do when we get paid is we bring our tithe to the Lord through our local church. That's how we pass the test. And so I wanna teach just for a few minutes on the principle of tithing and the significant role that tithing plays in the life of the believer. You gotta pass this test. I'm telling you, this is a test that will determine sort of the favor and the significance of your future financially. Tithing, what is tithing? Tithing, tithing is the giving of the first 10% of my income to God through my local church. It's the first thing I should do as a Christian when I get paid is I give the first 10% of my income to God through the local church. The word tithe means 10th. In the book of Malachi, we see the the most... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Probably the the, the most extensive passage, maybe I should say, on tithing in the Bible. It's in the book of Malachi, and it's in chapter three. And I wanna read it through, and I wanna pull out some thoughts in this passage to kind of help lay a foundation as we talk about this important principle. Look at Malachi three, verse six. I, the Lord, do not change. Come on, how many of you love that about God? Come on, Hebrews says he's the same yesterday, right? Today and forever. Thank God for the faithfulness of God. So you, the descendants of Jacob, 
are not destroyed. Verse seven. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Notice that word return. Three times we find that word return in this one verse. We're gonna come back to that a little later in the message. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it, okay? Look up at me for a moment. Let me pull out a couple of thoughts from this passage that are really important. God uses the word, the Lord uses the word decrees. In some of your translations, it was the word ordinances. And what God lays out here in this passage is that tithing is one of God's decrees. It's one of God's ordinances. Now, when you study the Bible and you look in the original language of the Old Testament, it's the Hebrew language. In the New Testament, it's the Greek language. So oftentimes you can go back to the original language and, and you know, get a little bit more insight. The word decree, actually, the original Hebrew word, it's a better word. Ordinance is a better word. And it simply means, it simply means a principle of ordinary behavior. A principle of ordinary behavior. God says in this passage that tithing is simply a principle of ordinary behavior. It's a normal habit. It's a normal act for a normal Christian. It's not anything super spiritual, some you know, elite Christians do. It's a, just a, a normal principle. And God says, when, when, you, when you violate or when you don't follow through with my principles of ordinary behavior, God uses the word curse. Now, a lot of people don't like that word curse. Well, I don't know anybody that likes the word curse. But a lot of Christians say, well, You know, there's no way we can be under a curse because the Bible says that Jesus broke the curse on the cross. And that is true. Jesus broke the curse in terms of salvation on the cross. However, there are always gonna be negative consequences when we don't follow God's principles of ordinary behavior. There's always gonna be negative consequences. When you go with God's prescription, you'll get God's blessings. When you go against what God's word says and God's prescriptions for blessing, then you're gonna have negative consequences, right? Everybody agrees on that. When you steal, you're gonna face the consequences for stealing. When you lie, you're gonna face the consequences for lying. So when you go against God's principles of normal or ordinary behavior, you're gonna face negative consequences. However, when you follow them, there's gonna be blessing that will flow into your life. God says right here that tithing, watch this, is the key that unlocks the windows of heaven. And when I tithe, I'm unlocking the windows of heaven so that God can open them over my life and pour out so much blessing that I won't have room enough to receive it. So my tithe, your tithe, it brings us, listen to me everybody, it brings us into the favor zone where we can walk in God's favor. Now, I try to teach on tithing in our church two to three, sometimes four times a year. 
I don't think that's, I don't think that's a lot when it comes to percentages. If we have 52 weekends out of the year, less than 10%. When you think about statistics like this, 80% of American Christians worry about money all the time. That's a true statistic. So this is a relevant subject, everybody. Listen to me. Many, many people, many of you today are drowning finance, financially, are overwhelmed, are worried. People pacing the floor at night when the word of God has a prescription for our peace and our success. Tithing, it's simply a principle of ordinary behavior for the Christian. It's something that unlocks the windows of heaven and pours out so much blessing that you and I won't have room enough to receive it. Not only will God pour out blessing, but look at verse 11. God says, and I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. In other words, there are things that don't happen. There are things that don't happen. Those of you that are tithing, there were plenty of things that didn't happen to you last year that you don't know about and you'll never know about because there was a hedge of God's protection around your life. There's a hedge of God's prevention around your life. You'll never know the things that God kept from happening because you honored him with the tithe. I love verse 12. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Now, four times in this passage, we see that phrase, says the Lord Almighty. Come on, say it with me. Says the you know, you know what that means? That means God came up with this. This wasn't some pastor, preacher, televangelist somewhere that came up with this idea of tithing. Says the Lord Almighty. Why would God have to say it four times in such a short passage? Because, because you and I need to know this is from the Lord. This is from the Lord. But let me give you three thoughts about tithing. If you're taking notes, uh, you can jot these things down. Okay, number one, tithing is a test. Tithing is a test. God is testing our hearts. I can't tell you how many times people have come to me to want to argue about tithing. And bottom line, I want to say, listen to me, if you're a Christian, why are you arguing about tithing and about giving 10% of your income when the God that you serve gave everything to be in relationship with you? He gave his best. He gave Jesus. Jesus went to a cross and died for you and sacrificed so you could have a relationship with God and you wanna argue about 10% of your income. Really the truth is you have what you have because God has given it to you. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from God. If you have a job, it's because God has given you that job. If you have the intelligence and, 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 and the charm and the charisma uh, to step into opportunities and to make things happen, it's because God has given you that charisma and God has given you that intellect and God has given you that charm. Everything you have has come from him. But there's nothing like money to test your heart. Tithing is a test. It's a test of your heart and your devotion and your commitment to the Lord. I've often asked, why 10%? Well, I think it's a percentage because that makes it fair. Whether you're making 40,000 or 400,000, 10% is 10%. 
but why 10? And the only thing I can find in scripture for why 10 is because 10 is the number of testing. In the Bible, most of the time when you find the word test, you also find 10. In fact, let me give you a little test. Are you ready? A little test. How many plagues, I'm gonna ask the question and you shout back the answer, okay, you ready, everybody? How many plagues were there in Egypt? Right, good job. I could have said this, how many times did God test the people's hearts in Egypt? How many times did God test Pharaoh's heart, the Egyptians? 10 times, right, 10 plagues. How many commandments are there? Good, okay, now this next question, you may not know the answer, but there's a pattern. There's a pattern here. In Numbers 14, how many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? Good job. How many times were Jacob's wages changed as God tested his heart? Mm -hmm. How many days was Daniel tested? 10. It's getting weaker and weaker. I don't know what's going on here, but it's 10 is the right, okay. Uh, how many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? How many days of testing were mentioned in Revelation? How many disciples were there? No, 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 12, 12 disciples. I was testing you guys, see? <laughs> Truth is, tithing is a test. But guess what? It's a two-way test. Watch this. God not only tests our hearts, but we can test God's provision. And that's why in Malachi chapter three, we just read it, God said, try me. One translation says, test me, let me prove it to you. And I'm telling you right now, as someone who has tithed for 30 years, I've been tithing since I was 18 years old, I have tested over and over again God's provision and I have found in 30 years, God is faithful in every single season. He will provide, he is a provider. You can test him. As a matter of fact, when I teach on tithing in our church, I always encourage everybody, test God. Take 90 days, start tithing. I mean, try it. You've tried everything else. Why don't you try this and watch if God does it. Blow your mind and turn things around in your life. It's amazing. I have, I have seen more testimonies of people tithing and, 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 and not only just... Uh, it, as God begins to bless their finances, but as God, it's like God breathed. It's like the wind of the Holy Spirit blows on their life and God starts bringing, I'm, I'm talking about marriages restored and prodigal sons and daughters coming back home. It's like spiritual momentum blows in people's lives just by honoring God with the tithe. It's a test though, it's a test. God testing your heart, you testing God to see is this really true? How about number two? Number two, if you're taking notes, write this down. Tithing is biblical. It's biblical. Okay, we've already looked at Malachi chapter three, but I wanna run through some other verses um, because I have found this. I have found, you know, equally true when Christians, you know, hear a message on tithing, I have found many of them come to me and say, I've never heard those verses before. Many Christians have been told to tithe but they have not been taught biblically how important tithing is. And it's important for you to see what it says in the Bible because the Bible says in Romans 10 that faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of the Lord. So when I go through these verses here in just a few moments, here's what's gonna happen. Spiritually, faith is gonna begin to rise in your heart to say yes to this principle. And it's gonna give you the energy that you need to step out in faith and to begin to tithe and to begin to serve the Lord. So look at these verses and, and open your mind and heart to hear what the, the, the Lord says through these verses. This is very simple teaching as we kind of go through the word of God. Genesis 14 is the first one. And this is very, very important passage because this is the first time the word tithe is mentioned. This is what we would call, when we study the word, the law of first mention, the very first time we find the word tithe. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. There's a communion message in this as well that's powerful. And he blessed Abram, saying, blessed be Abram, God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a, help me out, gave him a, a tenth of everything. First time we find tithing. Why is this so important? Listen to me, everybody. This is 450 years before the law of Moses. Some people say, well, tithing is a matter of the law. Actually, it's a matter of the heart of God. And it was in God's heart 450 years before the law was given. Abraham, he was Abram right here before he had even entered into covenant relationship with God. Abraham is our spiritual father, Galatians chapter five says. Abraham is our spiritual father. Melchizedek in this passage, many Bible scholars believe this was actually Christ. For sure it was a type of Christ. Melchizedek was a man without origin, the Bible says, and he was the king of Salem. Salem means peace, meaning he was the king of peace. He was the prince of peace. So many people believe this is Abraham, our father, our spiritual father, bringing a tithe to Jesus himself. It's a really significant passage. Then we look at another story in Genesis chapter 28, just one verse. This is Jacob. Jacob, who became Israel, the nation of Israel, the chosen one. And this stone, here's Jacob having an experience with God, and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. Everybody say God's house. Okay, so here's the introduction. First time we read about the house of God. Jacob says, and all that you give me, I will give you a, a tenth. All right, now we come into the Mosaic covenant, the law of Moses. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord, and it is holy to the Lord. Notice those two words, belongs and holy. Listen to me. Listen to me, when you become a Christian, everything about your life is redeemed, including your income. So when you become a Christian, listen to me everybody, that first 10%, that first part of your income, it, it belongs to God, it has God's name on it. As a Christian, it has God's name on it. That's why in Malachi, God says, return to me. Because when we tithe, we're simply returning to God what already belongs to him. It belongs to God. It is devoted to the Lord. And then he uses that word holy, okay? That puts it at another level. 
That puts it at another level. That first 10% of your income is holy. It not only belongs to God, but it's sacred. It's devoted to the Lord. So let's not be those that are found using what's holy and devoted to the Lord on something that's unholy, something that isn't sacred. It belongs to him. It belongs to him. It's got his name on it. And then we go to the New Testament. Go to the New Testament. Matthew chapter 23. And let me ask you this. If Jesus himself, if Jesus himself said you ought to tithe, would you tithe? Because he said it. Matthew chapter 23. Listen. This is Jesus. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Jesus, again, is repeating what we read in Malachi, that tithing is just an ordinary principle of behavior. In fact, it's just, it's just normal, it's just, it's just basic. Jesus said you, you, you practice tithing, but then you add to your tithing justice and faithfulness and mercy. You don't neglect the one and follow the other. Tithing's basic. Jesus endorsing tithing right here. And then we find this one verse, and so many people don't teach on this. I think it's really, really powerful. This is also talking about Jesus, Hebrews chapter seven, verse eight. Here, mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. What's he talking about? Here's what he's saying. When you bring your tithe Okay, you get online, this is what I do. When I get paid, the first thing I do, I get online and I bring my tithe. Maybe you come to church with a check and you put it in the offering. And so, so, so here on earth, mortal men receive your tithes and manage it and steward it and take care of it. But watch this. But when you tithe in heaven, Jesus himself receives your tithe. See, I think it's important for us to know that Tithing is much more important to Jesus than sometimes we think. In heaven, the head of the church, Jesus himself, receives your tithe. So tithing is a test. Tithing is biblical. Here's number three. If you're taking notes, I'm gonna finish with this one. Number three, tithing is a blessing. Tithing is a blessing. And I want you to see one more, one more story, one more scripture passage, 2 Chronicles, it's in the Old Testament. If you don't have your Bibles, you can look at it on the screens. Let me just give you the, let me just give you the context. It was a real challenging period in Israel's history. There was a, a, a king that his heart wasn't toward the things of God. His name was Ahaz. And because he, he wasn't running after the things of God, he, he led the the, the nation of Israel in the wrong direction. People stopped going to church. People stopped worshiping God. People stopped tithing. The house of God fell into disrepair because no one was tithing and no one was coming to worship. And so the people stopped honoring God and as a result, the Bible says, God did what he promised he would do. He gave them over to their enemies. And they just went through all kind of difficult things. Well, in the course of time, 
Ahaz died and his son Hezekiah became king. Hezekiah, the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. And Hezekiah started to realize this isn't right. We're not seeing the blessing of God that I, that I have heard my father and father forefathers talk about. So Hezekiah asked for the scriptures to be brought and he started reading the word of God. And he found that the, that the people had stopped tithing and because they had stopped tithing, the house of God fell into disrepair. And so, so Hezekiah ordered everybody to start tithing again. Look at it in, in 2 Chronicles 31, verse 4. He ordered the people living in Jerusalem to give the portion due the priests and Levites so they could devote themselves to the law of the Lord. And as soon as the order went out, listen, the Israelites generously, everybody say generously. They generously gave the first fruits of their grain, new wine, olive oil, and honey, and all that the fields produced. They brought a great amount, a tithe of everything. The people of of Israel and Judah who lived in the towns of Judah also brought a tithe of their herds and flocks and a tithe of the holy things dedicated to the Lord and they piled, listen to this, they piled them in heaps. They began doing this in the third month and finished in the seventh month and it was such a, there was such a stir. There was so much that was given. Word got back to Hezekiah that there were piles of, of, of resource, basically, piles had been given because the people began to respond to God. And so Hezekiah went out to see for himself and he asked, he asked the priests and the Levites about the heaps. Literally, when you read this story, when you read certain, when you read certain translations, this is, what it, this is what, what it looked like, this is what happened. Hezekiah came and he saw all the money and all of the tithe, all of the, the you know, the heat, all the piles of tithe that had been given and he, it, it's like he got concerned for the welfare of the people. And so he pulled the priest aside and he said, are the people okay? I mean, they've, they've given so much. There's so much here. Is everybody all right? Are they okay? Do they, have, do they have what they need? Listen to what the priest says. In Azariah, verse 10, the chief priest from the family of Zadok answered, since the people begin to bring their contributions to the temple of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and plenty to spare because the Lord has blessed his people. I love that because the Lord has blessed his people. Now listen, and this great amount is left over. It's like the leftovers. See, that's what God wants to do in your life. That's what God wants to do in your life. Instead of pacing the floors at night, worried, fearful, God wants to give you rest, peace in your heart, Knowledge that he's got everything under control. You know, this coming November, I'll, I'll have pastored our church 19 years. And in 19 years of teaching on tithing, I can honestly say there are two common responses that, 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 that I've gotten in 19 years. They're, they're, they're basically about the same over the years, two responses. The first response is, is the people that say, I can't believe you know, I didn't start tithing sooner. 
you know, thank you for teaching on this. And God is, man, since we started tithing, God did this, dot, 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 and God did that, dot, 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 and God helped us pay off all our debt, and God, and God just brought this, and just testimony, all right? After testimony of God's provision. That's, that's, that's the, the first common response. The second common response is equally as common, and it's, it's, it's this, I can't afford to tithe. Pastor, I love what the word says, but my finances are so tight, or they're in such a mess, I don't, I don't have enough money to tithe. I mean, I'm struggling now, and you're saying 10%? Now, listen to me. I want to say something. It's going to sound real. It's going to sound real basic. As long as you don't tithe, you'll never be able to afford to tithe. <laughs> it, it's it's like an oxymoron, right? It's so so that's why it has to be the first thing you do. Listen to me. I'm telling you, this is powerful. When you get paid, the first check you write. Celebration church. If this is your church, the first check you write, celebration church, or you get online. And the first, when I get up in the morning and I've seen that my, I've been paid and it's come through and, and been deposited, the first thing I do is get online and do that online giving. And I give the first 10%. It doesn't work to pay all your bills and then tithe. First of all, that's not scripturally accurate because God wants the first part. Second of all, you'll never have enough. But when you tithe first, you will be amazed at how God will provide everything you need. See, we started with that passage of God saying, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing you won't have room enough to receive it. What is God saying? God's saying, if you put me first, I'll make sure you have everything you need. Now, let me, close, let me close with an illustration. I got three guys coming up to help me. I'm gonna close right here with this thought. I wanna give you just a little picture of what, what I think what tithing looks like. And I've got these three guys coming up here to help me with this illustration. What's going on, man? What's your name? Jonathan. Jonathan, Jonathan Drew, right? Yep. Drew, Drew, and Petey. Hey, Petey. What's up, Petey? What up? Hey, Petey. Jonathan, Drew, Petey. Okay, y'all got it? Petey, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan, Drew. Jonathan Drew Petey, okay. Let, 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 me just, let me just use these guys as an example, and let me just give you this, let me give you this illustration, okay. Th th this, um, this August, my wife and I will celebrate 25 years of marriage. 25 years, isn't that amazing? Yeah. And so, uh, let's just say I'm going on a long journey, okay, and um, I'm going on a long journey, and, and, and my wife, Leslie, and our kids, have to stay behind, and so I've asked these guys to help me um, kind of manage some things and, and make sure that my wife has everything she needs. And so what I'm gonna do, what I'm gonna do, Jonathan, is I'm gonna give you $10,000 a month, and Drew, I'm gonna give you 10,000 a month, and Petey, I'm gonna give you 10,000 a month. And um, all I need you to do is peel off a thousand and send it to my wife so she has everything she needs while I'm gone. That's it, thousand, thousand a month, send it to her so she has her needs met. 
And so I go on the journey and, you know, a month passes and two months and three months. And, you know, the beginning of the fourth month, it's getting a little long. So I call back home and I say, hey, you know, how's everything going? And how are the kids out oh, doing great? You know, it's taking me a little longer than, than I thought, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to be back soon. And so, you know, we catch up. And so then I eventually get to, well, how, how, are, how are things financially? And how are, are, are you receiving the, are you receiving the, you know, the monthly, the monthly income? And, and um, oh yeah, yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan's so faithful. I mean, soon as, you know, the first of the month, first day of the month, I mean, you know, first day, second day, Jonathan, I mean, I get $1,000, it's there, it's awesome. Awesome, great. Yeah, without fail. Um, good, well, how about Drew? Drew Drew has blown my mind. Not only has Drew sent 1,000, but he, but he sends over that amount, he sends like 1,500, and it's like extra. And I'm like, wow, I didn't, I didn't tell him he had to do that. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, um, but, but that's awesome. She said, yeah, it really has come in handy. It's been great. Well, what about Petey? <laughs> mm. She says, Petey's another story. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, the first month, uh, Petey sent 700. Second month, Petey sent 450. And uh, John, he didn't send anything the third month. Now, how do you think that's gonna make me feel? How's that gonna make me feel? I've given him the 10,000. I have provided the 10,000. All I asked was just 10% to my wife so that her needs are met. How's that gonna make me feel? Not gonna make me feel real good. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. Fourth month, I'm not gonna be sending any money to Petey. In fact, what I'm gonna do is probably divide it up between these guys and give them more, especially Drew, because I'm watching how he's managing the funds that I'm sending him. And then think about this. Listen to me, everybody, think about this. Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'm coming back for a bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Come on, let's thank these guys for their, for their. Think about it. Think about it. Look, look, look up at me. We're the bride of Christ. We're the church. And God, in his amazing provision, provides for us in such amazing ways. And all he asks is that we take care of his bride. All he asks is that we make sure that his bride, his church, is strong and the needs are met so that his church can be the church that makes a difference in this earth. Tithing's a test. Tithing's biblical. But tithing's a blessing. Because your tithe, my tithe, all of our tithe together blesses the church and makes the church strong. But your tithe also brings the favor and the blessing into your life. See, some of you need to take that step today. Right, right here at the beginning of June, I'm telling you, this could be the summer of God's favor. As you put God first in your finances, you'll be amazed. You'll come back into back to school season, September. You'll look back and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. I wanna pray for us today. Can you just bow your heads with me, everybody? 
all of our locations, even those online. I'm gonna pray a prayer of blessing. I know many of you are struggling financially. This is a relevant message for you. Truth is, you and your, you and your wife had a conversation yesterday. You were praying yesterday, God, I need a word, I need an answer. This is the word that God brought today. It may not be the exact answer you were looking for, but you test God and you watch how he provides for you. Some of you need to do this today. You need to get home this afternoon, you need to get on your knees, you need to commit your finances to Christ and you need to get online and pay your tithe and begin that process of God's blessing flowing in your life. Father, I pray over every person in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God, for your great promise to pour out so much blessing that we won't have room enough to receive it. I thank you for how you've blessed this church and you're moving this church forward with strength. Thank you for how you're blessing the people in this church, Father God, in significant ways. I pray, Father God, Lord, I pray that as we begin to tithe, as we, as we begin to move forward into your, Father God, into your commandments and the your ordinary principles of behavior. Thank you that you're gonna to begin to bless our lives in supernatural ways. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I wanna finish with this thought. Some of you are here today and you're not serving God. I always like to take a moment at the end of every service and give people the opportunity to step across the line of faith. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. You've never prayed to receive Christ or maybe you're here and that's a prayer that you prayed at some point in your life but if you were to be honest today, you're not serving God. I'm gonna take a moment to pray what I call a salvation prayer, a fresh start prayer. And the Bible says real clearly if we believe in our heart that Jesus went to the cross and was raised from the dead and if we pray with our mouth that God writes our name in heaven. Some of you need that today. Forgiveness, a fresh start, a new beginning. So here's what I'm gonna ask us to do. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed at all locations. Those that are watching online, participate as well. If you're here and you'd say, Pastor John, I need to be included in this prayer. I need to become a Christian today or I need to renew my commitment to Christ to begin living for Him. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything else, but right where you're sit sitting, if that's you, I want you to lift a hand and say, that's me, please include me in this prayer. I am gonna ask you to lift your hand because I think you gotta do something, respond in some way. That's good, hands going up all over the place. Anyone else, you'd lift a hand and say, I need to become a Christian, good, great, awesome. Hands all over, anybody else before we pray? Awesome, let's pray all together. Everybody out loud with me. Come on, this is that prayer of faith. Even if you didn't lift your hand, pray in support and, and, and uh, uh, pray in support of those who did. All together say, Father, come on everybody. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your great plan. Thanks for sending Jesus to die on a cross and to rise again so I could have forgiveness and a new life. And I ask you, Father, in Jesus' name, forgive me of all my sin, cleanse me, make me new, come live inside of me and give me the strength to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's put our hands together, church. Come on. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.